Hello. Welcome Hi. to another episode of Sophia's Choice, the Golden Girls podcast. I am Alan, and joined by the interrupting Brent. Sorry. <laughs> and Ski. Damn it, I'm <laughs> What? I should have said moo. Uh, <laughs> I just thought you were trying to interrupt as soon as I went to Ski <laughs> to prove the point. <laughs> like you I know, said in Ski, and you're like, damn it! <laughs> intentional or not, it was good. Yeah, right? yeah, it worked out yeah. well. Uh, and uh, we are today discussing Season 3, Episode 11, Three on a Couch of the Golden Girls. Yeah. Uh, we'll go over our normal format with Ski giving our recap, yep. discuss our favorite lines, MVPs of the episode, mm-hmm. and at the end give our rating out of eight slices of cheesecake as we work towards determining the best episode in the history of the Golden Girls. So with that, Ski, I will turn it over to you for our recap. All right. As he says, Episode 3, Season 11... <laughs> <laughs> Season 3, episode 11, uh, entitled Three on a Couch. Have a problem with that title. I'll say that right from the beginning. Yeah, several things. Unless it's a reference to something. Do you know, is it a reference to something outside of the Golden Girls? Three on a Couch? Yeah. No. Okay, I didn't think so. At least it didn't ring any bells for me. Well, so... But I think they just never count Sophia. I guess, but she's on the fucking couch. (laughs) (laughs) Also, they're not couches. Well, that's true too. But I can at least I can at least it acknowledge... is a therapy session, so yeah. I can kind of see where they're coming from. That right, but I think they just consider Sophia like a lesser golden. Yeah, that's not fair at all. She's certainly equal to or greater than the other goldens. We clearly so. like her. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. She certainly doesn't deserve second billing. She's in my top five goldens. <laughs> so is Coco one of them? Yes. Also? <laughs> <laughs> what, what rank is he? Number one. Okay. Well, we do always say, you know, have him in our uh, closing of each episode. Mm-hmm. Indeed. So I forgot yeah. that last week. Oh, did you? Yeah. Oh, that's right. When you did the closing, then we yeah. had to go back and add it in. Exactly. Edit it and post it. <laughs> and butchered the addendum. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ski, so you ready to kick off the recap? Uh, one more, a few more items here. Air date. The original air date was December 5th, 1987, which was a very special date because it was the day my sister was born. Oh, really? Oh, nice. Day and year. It was nice. also the day that uh, you and I... Went to Disney World um, together in 2020 or 2019, so pre-pandemic, just before everything went to shit, and uh, Ski and I went to experience Galaxy's Edge, uh, Mm -hmm. so it was a good time. Very good time. But we didn't see it on the 5th. I think the day we actually went there was the 6th, so just to be clear. But But, uh, this one was written by uh, Jeffrey Farrow and Frederick Weiss, and directed, of course, by Terry Hughes. Mm -hmm. Um, This one has a very unique opening. I think this may, is it the first one that we don't see the house in the beginning? I mean, there may have been others, but it was certainly one that we had never mm-hmm. seen. At, at I, that I don't sort remember, because usually I thought we start at the house at least, mm-hmm. even if we go later on in the episode to another Some location. Place, yeah. yeah, it might be the first time it's ever started off not focusing on this one, some aspect of the house. Yeah, this one isn't even at the house until the very end. Right. So, yeah, we uh, we open, we're at a, we actually see a, uh, an outside of a tall office building, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and uh, we see the girls enter to a reception slash like waiting room mm-hmm. area. Dorothy approaches the reception desk and tells uh, the lady behind the desk that they are there to see uh, a doctor Ashley, mm-hmm. and that the appointment is under uh, Zabornak. Mm-hmm. And of course, this uh, triggers an argument between the girls as to who the uh, reservation or the appointment should be under. Yeah, it's a ridiculous argument. I would want to be. Yeah. I'd want it to be under someone else because then they'd be the one stuck with the bill. Exactly. You know, if it came to a legal matter. So. Yeah, but they all, you know, argue that it should be for them. You know, 
which is, you know, at this point, it is even less consequential because they're already there. Right. Mm -hmm. And it was scheduled under a name. Why would you not just keep that? Yeah, it wouldn't matter at all. But But ridiculous, Mm -hmm. which is kind of consequential. Like, it it seems emblematic of this episode to me. Mm -hmm. I don't know how you guys feel, but... uh, I, this was not my favorite episode. <laughs> hey, don't spoil at the end mm-hmm. here. No, I'm not going to give a whole lot away, but that's... He doesn't bury the lead. He lets yeah. you know right up front. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, they've uh, they got their little fight on. Sophia Lally then tells the receptionist to put under the appointment under, I think she said Lipschitz, right? Maybe. Yeah. I, it was... It was and to buzz the doctor because they're, uh, they're in an emergency. Right. To get them in there because they're clearly in crisis. The therapist then opens the door and invites the girls into his office. The women all introduce themselves as they enter. Sophia comes in uh, first and tells the doctor that her idea of a good therapist is a bartender who pours without a spout. <laughs> yeah, that was a, a nice you know, beginning line. I mean, no, it wasn't her very first line of the episode, but it was a nice early line for now, Sophia. I, I will say Sophia does have some good zingers in this mm-hmm. one. Yeah, she, she usually does. But. Yeah. Uh, Blanche also adds in her uh, intro to her, of herself that she... Uh, doesn't matter right now, but she's double-jointed. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's they, something she would have told the therapist when she saw him last time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's yeah. That's another thing I want to mention, that uh, Dr. Ashley was, in a previous episode, also a therapist with a different name. Mm-hmm. Do you remember what the name was? The bar? Lip shits. <laughs> <laughs> that would be great. I, I do have you it down. You write that down. I did not write it down. <laughs> yeah, I wrote it down. So he had played... It was in season two. I remember that. Dr. Barnsfeld. And it was in, um, he was in the episode of The End of the Curse. He was the one that was helping. Uh, Lanch go through yeah, menopause. Exactly. So they all sit down and Dorothy immediately explains that, you know, they're roommates and they have been having a hard time getting along lately. Uh, Dr. Ashley suggests that before tackling the problem itself, they all tell him a bit about themselves. Uh, even while kind of talking about themselves, they kind of bicker. Uh, including, of course, the typical "shut up" Rose mm-hmm. comes up. Sophie even claims that Blanche has a phony Southern accent, uh, and, and asks, "What is this designing women?" Yeah, that was one of my favorite lines of the episode. Because um, yeah, she said, uh, "You know what? I can't stand anymore that phony accent of yours." And then, as you said, "What is this designing women?" I do love the fact that they refer to uh, to current shows yeah. on there a lot. But uh, yeah, that was an early. An early favorite. For I mine. didn't look up. Do you know what uh, years Design Women ran? Do you guys know? I think that would have been like its first season, like very early. Yeah, really early. Within the first season or possibly second at the yeah. most. But yeah. And that show was a hit as well. So, I mean, it was yeah. certainly one of their competitors. Now, I don't know what network that aired on. So, I don't know if it was a direct competitor or one of their, yeah. you know, just a competitor And as far as. Yeah, I can't remember if it was CBS or I think because, yeah. Yeah, I can't remember. Which well, one if you was. want to find that one, go out and look for a Designing Woman's podcast. God damn it, this is Golden Girls. <laughs> or see if Pickme's tried to be on that <laughs> right. Designing Women podcast. So, do you think if he did that, because the one that we were a part of, you know, were you know was centered around shows of a certain time frame? Yeah. Um, do you think as a theme, you could do one about Southern women, mm-hmm. and he'd have Designing Women, and uh, I don't know that one with Annie Potts in it that she. Was I think, uh, or was she in Designing Women? She was in Designing Women. Thinking of a different one then, but anyways, it doesn't matter. Maybe she could do a, a Designing Women Major Dad <laughs> and Simon <laughs> and Simon. Yeah, there you go. So, so they're all related to Gerald McGreeny. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I didn't know what the thread was, but I just went yeah. in and went in with Yeah, him and Delta Burke were married. Oh, okay. For a long, long time. I didn't, I didn't realize that. Yeah. 
was I was gonna say I don't remember him in Designing Women. Yeah, no, his wife was. Yeah, I can definitely tell you that by the time we're done recording this episode, I won't remember that either. <laughs> so, <laughs> but when I go to edit it, then I'll be yeah. reminded again. Mm-hmm. So that'll be nice. Yeah. And you'll you'll be able to log it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, maybe at that point, then it'll stick forever. Make yeah. a make a new wrinkle in the gray matter. As you're I, as you're you know passed in from this world to the next. <laughs> like, do you have anything else to say? Yeah. And then you'll say, yeah. <laughs> Talk about Delta Burke. You never marry that Delta Burke. <laughs> I've probably only seen maybe 12 to 15 episodes of South Park. Okay. Um, and they were all within like the first season or two. Um, but one of them I did see and do remember. The only thing I remember about it was Cartman was giving a book report. And like all you see is like the tail end of it. And it's something on the, along the lines of, um, <laughs> although they... But we're brothers on TV. Simon and Simon were not brothers in real life. <laughs> Something along those lines. I just thought it was the funniest line. <laughs> I just wish I could have been there to see Brent's book report on the Priscilla Presley book. <laughs> <laughs> My sister sent me a picture um, of. Uh, I, I remember the assignment we had to do not fan fiction, like you said, but basically we had to design a book cover for a book that we would like to read oh, okay. uh, when I was in like the second or third grade. And of course, um, uh, I did a Psycho 4. <laughs> that was the book that I would like to read. <laughs> and it's, that, uh, it's a really good picture. I'll show you after the podcast because she sent it to me and I saved it on my phone. But yeah, that was the book that I wanted to read. And even I wrote like a blurb on the back jacket uh, from the Daily Journal, <laughs> which is our local <laughs> newspaper and everything. Now, had you at that point written, or written, excuse me, read Psycho... No, uh, I'd seen the movie. Oh, okay, a bit, um, and I think I don't think I'd the read original? the books yet. The... Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. The Gus Van Sant version was still a good fifteen years <laughs> out. Um, I didn't remember when the remake was even made. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah. So they uh, they have uh, just bickering back and forth between them, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dorothy continues by telling the doctor that you know they've been together for five years, and yeah, you know, at this point they're having difficulty kind of getting along. He asks why they believe that might be the case. Uh, Blanche and Rose accuse Dorothy of being hard to live with, uh, but Dorothy fires back saying that Blanche is selfish. Uh, Blanche contests, you know, that everybody says that she's very generous, and Sophia, of course, uh, reminds her that, you know, they're talking about when she's in an upright position, mm-hmm. which was, I think, one of the best lines of the, of the show. Yeah, that was a good one, too. Uh, Dorothy is asked to give an example of a time when Blanche was selfish, and she jumps right in. Uh, we have a little bit of a flashback. Uh, we see Dorothy is uh, lying down on the couch, uh, wearing a robe and under a blanket. Looks like a heavy blanket, too. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, in that cold Miami weather, you got to bundle up. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's frigid. Blanche comes in and apologizes for being a bit late, but says she uh, only changed her shoes, and then uh, they can go on their double date. Uh, as she's headed back to her room, she realizes that Dorothy is not at all ready and asks, you know, what she's doing. Uh, Dorothy says, I think I'm dying, but then again, this 104 fever may be clouding my judgment. 104 is pretty darn close to the time when you just go ahead and head on to the hospital. Because that's really high, especially for an older person. I think 100 is it when, like, if it's 100, that's when you're supposed to go? No. no. Really? <laughs> no, it'd be, like, at least 103, I think. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe if it's a baby at, like, 102 or something oh, like okay. that. But for, you know, I know you spent a lot of time in and out of the ER. but <laughs> <laughs> I, I do wonder about that because I run cool. Like, whenever I get my temperature, it's always around 97 and a half or whatever. Mm. And so I don't know, like, if I get sick, am I supposed to, like, add a degree and a half to that or whatever? Like, if it was 100, do I go when I'm at yeah, 98.6 when it, when it, or what's whatever? What's your reaction point, right? Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, I don't know. I, I guess you need to consult your physician on that. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to give you any medical advice and be at fault <laughs> for either A, you not seeking medical treatment, or B, you blame me for your bills. <laughs> so. when, I, when I see my doctor, we got enough stuff to talk about without <laughs> adding to the list. <laughs> so are you the type of person, or, you know, I know there's a big thing, especially among men, uh, not being willing to talk to their doctors about, you know, issues like the doctor's They've had a lot of commercials with the dogs like, oh, so how is everything? And they're like, it's fine, even though there may be a host Mm -hmm. of issues they're dealing with. No, I'm pretty open. I mean, you know, knock on wood, I don't really have anything wrong with me other than the obvious stuff, you know, like obesity and all that (laughs) sort of, all the stuff I couldn't hide if I wanted to. (laughs) (laughs) So you don't go in and you're like, oh, everything's fine. It's just that I can't find anything that's small enough for me. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) It is a fiddle. (laughs) Well, I think obese is definitely a gross exaggeration. <laughs> I would definitely agree. That's but. so. I'm just too too fit. Yeah, <laughs> I think I scare my friends off. You know, right? I've got too many women trying to have exactly. sex with me. It makes it harder to be a faithful man. <laughs> exactly. Well, yeah. It's... I'm dead, dead sexy. <laughs> <laughs> a medical condition yeah definitely <laughs> <laughs> and if you have that problem consult your local physician so or mortician <laughs> right <laughs> sexy mortician mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, seemingly oblivious if you find your dead sexiness lasts more than four hours <laughs> <laughs> seek medical help exactly right <laughs> <laughs> sorry so <laughs> so you know blanche has got or sorry dorothy's got a really bad fever uh, seemingly oblivious, uh, Blanche says to her that you know she can't go out wearing what she has on. Dorothy hilariously responds that, uh, no, no, the funeral home has people to handle that, but uh, she appreciates the sentiment. Right. <laughs> Blanche ignores that quip, though, and continues about how she won't be ready to go on their date and uh, starts to kind of tidy the area, picking up you know used tissues and a used glass. Uh, she explains that you know the men will be there soon. Uh, Dorothy protests, though, that she can't go out because uh, she's sick and she lo- looks terrible. Uh, Blanche, <laughs> making it worse, says, yeah, she's looked much worse, uh, citing a time when she even gave herself a home perm, burned all her hairs to the roots, and uh, looked like buckwheat. Yeah, that would be a pretty bad situation. Like, I would <laughs> imagine that most people... Man that might be a doctor visit. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, for one, it sounds like there'd be an injury involved, but then also... <laughs> Chemical burn. Yeah, I would think that that'd be something you'd go out and buy a wig to cover you for Maybe you so, know, yeah. a couple weeks, or a couple weeks, shit, probably a few months <laughs> until things <laughs> grew back to a reasonable length. So I, I, after hearing that, I wanted to say, I've watched you know Little Rascals, but it's been a long time, so mm-hmm. I wanted to look up Buckwheat. I couldn't find any pictures on Google where his hair was real short. Oh, yeah. Like, it's always got a fairly big afro or... or, uh, Well, I mean, it's got the typical, like, of it just being sticking straight up. I don't necessarily think it's referring to it being short. I just think it was singed and standing straight up is what she referred to. But uh, Blanche says that she she can't go out uh, without her because it's a double date, and it's pretty much an all-or-nothing kind of deal. Uh, she then recalls how much uh, she's been wanting to go out this Larry character mm-hmm. ever since she met him at uh, the Route 1 Chevron. Right. <laughs> Very, I uh, like the way she said Chevron there, too. <laughs> There's yeah. just a little extra panache to it that it I was. enjoyed. I did yeah. not, I, I did not uh, get, do it justice. And then she wrote her uh, number on his LeBaron windshield <laughs> with her high heel. Mm-hmm. 
That would be an impressive feat, <laughs> unless you just took it off her foot and then rode it that way. Then it would be a little less so. She doesn't really say, so it could be either. Yeah. But uh, I do wonder, was his windshield just like fogged up, or did she scrape it on there? <laughs> yeah. Etch it into his window. <laughs> yeah. She had some dog shit on her shoe. <laughs> yeah. Killed two birds go. with one stone. I like that thinking. That's creative, yeah. I like the thought that she needed the dog shit, so she had her high heel and jammed yeah. it in <laughs> so that she have a writing utensil. Exactly. Uh-huh. <laughs> you, you do what you got to do for love. Well, yeah, maybe there exactly. was some gas mm. that was just uh, spilled mm. on the concrete uh, yeah. over at the Route 1 Chevron. <laughs> right. Uh, but she, Does Route uh, 1 even go down to Miami? Yeah, I think it I mean, is, isn't Route 1 part of like A1A Beachfront Avenue? I don't know. I guess it is. I, I, I might does be. that run all the way down, though, to Miami? I, I don't know. I'm not sure. I, I feel like it does, but I, don't, I can't say that with certainty. Yeah. Well, this is the Golden Girls. They're nothing if they aren't factually based <laughs> <Yes>. and verified. <laughs> Yeah, every 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 word, every is, detail, Alan, mm-hmm. meticulous is the word I'd use. <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> yeah. Much like this podcast. Exactly recaps. right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, she then reminds Dorothy that you know she's promised to attend. You know, and he, she'd be going out with uh, the Larry's friend Mike, and that uh, she's going to hold her to that promise. Uh, Dorothy then, you know, has a ha- hacking cough fit, mm-hmm. which I noticed she doesn't cover her mouth in the slightest. No in fact, almost just like her. projects it at yeah. Blanche. Yeah, I mean, it, it, again, it's something where I don't know pre-COVID if it would stand out as much to see somebody cough. Don't I don't right, know, coughing, coughing right at somebody, though. Well, yeah, but it, it, there's some aggression to that, too. That <laughs> yeah. It's like, hey, you're not respecting the situation <laughs> here, yeah. so I'm going to be very forthright forthright in your face with it well then i guess sometimes depending on how violent the coughing is like, mm-hmm. I, mean, I don't know anyway we'll give her the benefit of the doubt sure what you gonna do <laughs> but uh she has a coughing fit which blanche describes only as a, a little tickle in her throat <laughs> yeah uh, she then pulls it's the blank like larry later that night yeah <laughs> <laughs> i like that that's good that's clever <laughs> well, I'm glad because I'm going to be here all night. <laughs> uh, a little then... blue for my taste. <laughs> That's what Blanche said. <laughs> it's B L E W. Yeah. <laughs> well, thanks for clarifying. <laughs> I see. I, I interpreted that different. I thought blue and the blue balls. <laughs> so yeah. Now I feel was, like my pointing out that it was blue has now taken it to a worse direction than it was before. Excuse, <laughs> like I'll see your blue. And, and yeah. may I say your shirt is a lovely shade of blue, sir. Oh, thank you, thank you. <laughs> I now own two razor shines oh, t-shirts. Very nice. Yeah, I saw the number three, and I was wondering if that was razor's number. Yeah. Does that have? Yeah. Oh, very nice. It's like a jersey t-shirt. Yeah. Uh, athlete so, of the century. Say again. <laughs> athlete of the century. Oh, yeah. and, and athlete of the century. <laughs> what I say? You just said athlete of, a, of the century. I'm just adding Anne. He is an athlete of the century. <laughs> <laughs> just giving a qualifier is all. <laughs> you know, Blanche being very uh, non-understanding, she then pulls the blanket physically off of Dorothy. And uh, continues to kind of try to coax her to get up. But Dorothy pathetically at this point says that, you know, her body aches. Blanche <laughs> replies that uh, so does hers. 
And that's, quote, uh, why I want to go out on this date so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that was my favorite line of the episode. It was a good one for sure. Yeah, it, it didn't quite hit my favorite, but it was a solid one. Mm-hmm. Maybe Blanche's best line of the episode. Yeah, definitely. Uh, finally, Blanche goes on to uh, almost a soul healer type of rant, you know, saying that she only has to beat this uh, sickness with her mind and yells, you know, for her to get up and walk. Uh, right then, Sophia, you know, walks in, having heard this end of the speech at least, tells Blanche, Hey, just because you put your makeup on with a butter knife doesn't make you Tammy Baker. Yeah, yeah they really have been going to that well a lot recently. Um, apparently, there must have been a lot going on in the news at that time about uh, yeah. Jim and Tammy. Yeah, and the audience, they were too encouraging. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the audience is like, yeah, more of that. <laughs> more of that, less of everything else. Exactly. <laughs> uh, Dorothy then pulls the blanket back onto herself and simply says that she's not going anywhere. Uh, Blanche says that, you know, she can't believe she's doing this to her, and Dorothy states that she's disappointed at how selfish uh, Blanche is acting. Sophia then gives Dorothy a glass. Apparently it's a hot toddy, the fourth drink she's given her. Uh, Dorothy comments on how <laughs> that's a lot of whiskey, but Sophia uh, responds that only the first one had whiskey uh, before they had run out. The second and third had vodka. <laughs> right. And then this most recent one had a mixture of amaretto and sambuca, uh, which should kill everything. <laughs> yeah. And then she added, killed your father. <laughs> <laughs> there was another little Sophia line in there. She was responding to something that Blanche had said about, you know, her, one of her suitors, or I guess her suitor, uh, being interested in her. And she says, Sophia responds, he must have been impressed with your spare tire. Oh, yeah, because she <laughs> said, he, uh, Dorothy says she picked him up. At a gas station. Right, yeah. And she, yeah, that was a good line. Yeah, that's another. Like I said, I, th- I, I agree with you. I think Sophia had a lot of solid zingers in this one. But continue on. So, and I wonder, killed your father, does this mean that he just had a drinking problem and happened to like amaretto and Sambuca? Yeah, it did kind of sound or, like he died of alcoholism from the way she Or does she it mean it. that <laughs> Sophia's going for her second kill? Yeah, it could be. <laughs> Took out dad. And now <laughs> on a daughter. <laughs> she got rose numbers going on. Her. What's up? She has yeah. rose numbers. Well, she's got to keep up. You know, yeah, Rose is already exactly. taken out, you know, a couple more. And so. she's younger. Years yeah. younger. Mm-hmm. But uh, Dorothy passes out from uh, the combo of fever and uh, probably alcohol. Blanche asks Sophia to help her uh, move her to the bedroom. But Sophia insists that, you know, she's fine where she is. Blanche this, proceeds to pop, uh, prop more pillows under her uh, head, saying that, you know, Mike isn't too picky as he uh, just got out of prison. <laughs> right. <laughs> Sophia, I think last episode or the episode before, uh, endorsed non-consensual sex in a marriage. Um, and, <laughs> and now here uh, Blanche is not necessarily going quite so far. Right. <laughs> but, you know, they're basically yeah, he can just sit and grope a passed out woman because you know, he got out of prison, <laughs> so he's not going to care. But. Uh, and just as a heads up, I uh, kind of took a cue from Brent mm-hmm. and gave ratings to each of these Sub stories this okay. round. All right, so what so, does this first one get for you? I, I want to go back to it later because oh, okay. <laughs> you didn't want me to give away the farm, so I, I'll I'll give them all at the end. Mm, okay, fair Does enough. That sound all right? Yeah, it's all right. And I can give it now if you really want it, Alan. Now, did you give it just out of curiosity? So Brent, you know, when he has it's done it's not it in the mathematic. Past, well, just, no, not that. I but give it overall. Brent's given, I think, also ratings to the you know like the opening part of it and the closing part of it because both of those take place in different areas, kind of our their own separate stories. Did you also rate those or just the stories within the story? Just the stories within a story. Okay. Yeah. I, know. So I gave it. No I idea gave, how you feel about the therapist's office or the kitchen at the end. Oh, you'll know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
<laughs> we like to know things individually if you're going to break it down as such. But well, I mean, I give an overall. Oh, okay. Is. So we'll just have to do the math ourselves and see how far those brought it down or pulled it up. <laughs> so you're going to give us an overall as well as three In, subcomponents? Yes. So we have to like do the math and figure out what the aggregate is for the opening if you, and closing? If you really want to. Bookends. I mean, okay. I did not... I did not decide to factor math into it. I gave it just an overall. That seems very unlike you. Factoring math into things is one of your strong suits. So you just gave it an overall, but you didn't assign scores to the individual segments? I'm saying (laughs) there are sub-stories, each of which I gave an individual rating for. Okay. And then there's an overall episode, Mm -hmm. which I also gave an overall rating for. But But that overall rating. It's not the cumulative average of the three. Yeah, it's not an average, correct. So the, the the sum of the parts may be greater or less. Than I, I thought that we would probably have a small discussion about this, but I did not anticipate <laughs> it to be as extensive. I just love how exasperated you seem. At Brent. <laughs> exactly. well, so, so for this first little segment here, what did you give it? Well, he doesn't want to tell us till the end. But inquiring minds want to know. <laughs> well, well uh, if you want to know, I will tell you. I gave it a two. Okay. A two. Okay. At, so at the end, like if you give the overall a six – then, like, this is a two. If the next one's a two and the final one's a two, then we could assume that... The beginning and end would have averaged, like, what, a 24? <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's fine. I, sorry. We got a two going on. All right. Okay. <laughs> I just want to do the math in my head. As well, I think that's along. fine, too. I think telling us your individual, because that's not your final score. So right. if people are yeah. waiting to find out what your overall you know, opinion of the episode is they still get the that anticipation for the end. There you go. There you go. Or they can skip to the end if they get tired of our <laughs> bullshit and find yeah. it out quickly that way as well. Either way, it counts as a listen for us. So. That's right. Four and a half slices of cheesecake for me. All right. Oh, you son of a bitch. <laughs> I may just edit that right out. <laughs> Maybe he's lying. He could be. Um, but we'll he's have... squirrely like that My sometimes. My word is Bond. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've heard you change your rating during an episode. <laughs> <laughs> so Sometimes Ski makes a compelling argument. Yeah, so we'll, well, let's see. We'll see if it sticks at that then when, when the chips settle. But <laughs> All right. So then we return to present. We see, you know, the therapist's office and Dorothy kind of finishes her story, explaining that, you know, she spent the night drifting in and out of consciousness as uh, Mike, the convict, tried to grope her through the Vicks VapoRub. <laughs> So Mike was a convict and a sex offender, or maybe that's what he was convicted maybe. of. So. Well, no, she she explains. Uh, Blanche insists that you know it really wasn't that bad, and Mike was a nice guy. But Dorothy points out that he was in prison due to burning down a diner when his eggs were runny. Mm. So he's got a bit of a temper, slightly. You can't blame it a man been for really that. Runny. Like, yeah. He could have asked for him well done. Mm-hmm. So I mean, you know justification right yeah i mean we need to hear both sides of this story <laughs> exactly we don't want a professor cooper redux <laughs> poor mike yeah. what a bad what a bad and maybe he was trying to apply vick's paper we don't know yeah. Ooh, he could have been caring for him exactly he's a caregiver yeah not a rapist <laughs> i know nobody said he was a rapist well, sub rapist, we'll yeah. assaulter, sexual yeah. predator. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, let's not let's not go too far and call this sexual predator a rapist. Exactly. Sexual predator. There's there a lot of meats in that stew as well. There is definitely a line to cross there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You just triggered people in our audience. Um, yeah, maybe. Yeah, probably. You can edit that out. Oh yeah. <laughs> Ski triggering, or are you pointing out him triggering? Both. <laughs> 
But uh, Rose uh, tells Blanche that, you know, she owes Dorothy an apology, uh, but is just then told to shut up. Uh, Rose protests, demanding that, you know, she can't tell her to be quiet. But then Sophia says, fine, she'll do it, and says, shut up, Rose. Rose then turns to Dr. Ashley and explains, you know, they always do this to me. That was Dr. Banfield. That was from the first one. Prior, but in this episode. So. Gotcha. But uh, they always tell her to shut up, which we've brought up several times. Mm-hmm. Elder and, abuse. It's yeah. the one real problem they have, in all honesty. <laughs> <laughs> the the one mean, consistent thing. Yeah. I mean, Blanche has her flaws, and I don't know. Dorothy, I would agree I guess, that she is pretty selfish sometimes. Sure, but I mean, the one thing that I think is really a legit problem that they should address is how poorly Rose gets treated on a regular mm-hmm. basis. Exactly. But Here's they, the thing, though, okay? Rose is no longer having her birthdays all alone in Charlie's dead house or mm-hmm. dead Charlie's house. <laughs> so it's a step up. Oh, yeah, I, I suppose. I mean, <laughs> better to be, what, beaten down than sad and lonely? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Isn't that always been your approach to married life? <laughs> exactly. exactly right. <laughs> Tears of a clown. <laughs> exactly. You only hurt the ones you love. That's what I keep telling myself anyways. <laughs> so many people love you. Exactly. exactly. You're more loved than Rose. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, nah, never mind. Okay. <laughs> that story's too painful. It's never Aww. stopped you in the past. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Okay. Well, if you chose to go back to it, then we can. Okay. As it stands, I'll edit this out. <laughs> but if you choose to go you back leave to it, it in. it's fine. <laughs> now it's just a tease, which is even worse than the sad story. All right, Ski, <sighs> right, we'll go ahead and, unless Brent decides to. Yeah, you just let me know. Anyway, just put a snotty napkin back in your pocket. He's had that since grade school. <laughs> Pre-grade pre school. Yeah. <laughs> so preschool then? Oh, pretty that as well. Oh, so as a baby? Just some hand-me-down. It's a from... <laughs> yeah. That's something you got to the hospital when you were born? No, grandpa's. Oh, okay. Great, great grandpa's. <laughs> grandpa's napkin. <laughs> <laughs> That's how they made them back then. Mm-hmm. You know, they were made to last. <laughs> Ash, uh, Dr. Ashley, you know, uh, explains, you know, oh, sorry, Rose turns. Like that shirt, though. Say again? The shirt. The what checkers. I like it. Oh, thank you. Um, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> yeah, that, was, that was definitely worth getting. <laughs> sorry. Ski off track. It's not your fault. He's the one who felt it necessary to compliment your shirt and prompt to. <laughs> I guess he I felt bad about insulting your, your tissue. <laughs> so I had to balance it out by complimenting the shirt. I definitely do have uh, nasal issues. Mm. It's, a, it's, a, it's a blight of my life. <laughs> Hopefully it doesn't affect my uh, speaking too much. Yeah. No, no, you sound totally fine. No, whatever you have, you do not have a nasal sounding voice at all. Correct. So. See, I disagree. Whenever I hear myself, I'm like, oh, that's just a horrible, uh, horrible no, voice. A, yeah, I don't like my voice at all. Well, I, you don't have a bad voice either. Neither one of you do. So, um, and and my voice is, uh, you know, smooth as silk. So. It is. <laughs> it's true. It's absolutely the, the honest truth. And I think I've been told that by. Uh, Lionel Richie and uh, Lionel Richie Barry White. You, to you mean they, they've Alan's told? Voice. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. <laughs> say again. They 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 called you to discuss my voice. Yeah, after listening to the podcast, well, that's he good. calls me to say he loves me. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. That was. 
Is Barry White still alive? <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I don't think he is. I think that he died pre-me recording As things. I was saying that, I was wondering that same thing myself. I'm sure Lionel Rich is still alive. He could have said John Legend. Yeah, <laughs> John, you know, that would have he's been, a contemporary star. Well, I was thinking just like silky smooth voice. But anyway, so Rose is being told shut up by everybody. Uh, she turns to Dr. Ashley and explains that they always tell her that and uh, ask why, you know, he asks why that she thinks that might be. Um, or she asked him, sorry, but before she even lets him answer, she keeps kind of going on. Too many pronouns in this recap. Yeah. <laughs> there it is. Thank, thank goodness the show didn't take place in the 20s. <laughs> she uh, continues to talk, saying that the... That's why we can't do our Amos and Andy recaps. <laughs> Podcast. <laughs> Well, it's just so hard to find those episodes now. <laughs> it is. It is. Excuse recapping. Then Andy went to the closet and opened it up, and <laughs> you would not believe all of the stuff that fell out. <laughs> so we're doing recaps of the radio show? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I thought you meant like those three seasons of the TV show that we discussed. But... No, no, the radio show. <laughs> oh, okay. The 60 years worth of recaps. <laughs> I think for parts of that time, it was a daily show, too. Exactly. So you're saying that's the next podcast? Yeah, yeah. Today's definitely. episode, June 12th, 1945. <laughs> yeah. Tune in tomorrow. We talk about June And for 13th. the next many years. Yeah. We'd have to do it in blocks. We'd have to do it like a, a month at a time, at least. And that would still oh, take least. us like five years. Like, welcome to our 60,000 part series. On, yeah. <laughs> on a show that we never have listened to prior to deciding to do this podcast. Exactly. <laughs> I wonder if you can find it online anymore. He's like, I couldn't get the Audible installed. <laughs> right. <laughs> I think at that point I had to break down and just pay for some kind of service. <laughs> my cheap, uh, my cheap butt would have to do something. Fair enough. <laughs> but uh, anyway, Rose, everybody tells her to shut up. Right. She says, "Hey, Doc, why do they do that?" And he tries to tell her, but she keeps talking, saying that the girls tell her she babbles, which she disagrees with. After several failed attempts uh, to answer her initial question. The doctor also yells, shut up, Rose. Yeah, that didn't seem realistic to me. No. I just don't think that he would have done that. He, he may have like done Ooh. some other way to try Forced to quiet her comedy, down. Yeah. yeah, but if this guy's a therapist, I just can't imagine <laughs> that, that, <laughs> that he would lose his patients that quickly. <laughs> Surely he would have had plenty of other patients that, you know, ran off at the mouth you know. Far, far worse, probably. Yeah, I would think so. And probably far more vulgar or whatever else, you know, like. Yeah. Or longer or whatever. Oh, yeah, certainly, but. I mean, do you think Rose ever gets callers at the grief center who are just tired of listening to her babble on? So yeah. they just, you know, go ahead and stick their head in the oven after all. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, they're just like, I can't handle Hello? this anymore. Sir? Exactly. I appreciate sir, your you there? gentle nudge. <laughs> Life was bad enough without this. <laughs> right. <laughs> are you there? Oh, he must be okay now. <laughs> I don't know. I think Rose's babble is delightful, but mm-hmm. maybe. <laughs> but uh, realizing his outburst was unprofessional, he kind of covers his. Uh, comment by suggesting that uh, they all conduct their discussion in a more orderly fashion. Uh, they continue to uh, put Rose down and the therapist asks for a specific example of why they're frustrated frustrated with how Rose acts. Sophia then jumps in with a story about Rose uh, doing a favor for Dorothy. It was a summer uh, break and Dorothy was looking for part-time work while school was out. Um, 
we flash back. We see Dorothy sitting on the couch looking over a newspaper. <laughs> and uh, Rose is right beside her. And uh, she tells her that uh, the ad is not in the paper. But Rose insists that it is. Dorothy asks if uh, she dropped off the one ad in the newspaper office as she's described to her. Rose tells her that, you know, she explained the process a dozen times and that, quote, any idiot could have done it. And Dorothy agrees, uh, but says that she was the only one going downtown. Yeah, I, I did. That was my favorite Dorothy line of the episode. Um, I know, honey, but you're the only one that was going downtown. That, that was <laughs> a great response. And then it was great, too, because Rose, it's like she gets it, but is not completely sure <laughs> she's being called an idiot or not. So Yeah, they just continue, basically. She kind of gives that query look like, huh? Mm-hmm. And then just brushes it off, <laughs> right? Which is pretty typical of her, I think. Yeah, I would say so. Uh, Rose takes the paper to give it a, a look over herself, telling Dorothy that you know she had already gotten a few calls earlier that day, which was proof that the paper got the ad. Uh, as Rose exits uh, the room, the doorbell rings, and Dorothy goes to answer it. A man enters and tells her that he's there about the ad, which uh, said she was willing to do anything for eight dollars an hour. No job too big or too small. Mm-hmm. Uh, she cheerfully invites him in and says that, you know, she didn't expect anyone to come to her, uh, that she had planned to go to their location. The man explains that uh, after this initial visit, that's how he intended it to be as well. Uh, when his video camera gets back from the shop. Right. Uh, when she asks you what type of work he requires, she probes uh, for his name, Mr. Uh, and he finishes with Toto. And she's like, Mr. Toto. And she says, no, no, not Mr. Toto, just Toto. And continues that he'll be, she'll be Dorothy, and he's Toto, uh, at least for $8 worth or something. Yeah, yeah, I love, that was another one that I really enjoyed. Um, His exact quote was, you're Dorothy, and I'm Toto, at least for the next $8. Um, (laughs) It was just the way that he said the next $8, I really. (laughs) As a quantity of time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, She immediately realizes that something is amiss. With this uh, possible job, uh, Rose enters back from the kitchen saying that, you know, she uh, is owed an apology. She did find the ad and shows it to Dorothy. However, the ad was uh, placed in the personal columns and not the one ads. Mm-hmm. Dorothy points out how poorly her ad reads with the, within that context. However, as a personal editorial on this one, I think the... Uh, the ad she put on was far too broad and <laughs> yeah, even if it wasn't the one ads it's a really Very like she willing to dig ditches like it, <laughs> no job too big or too small yeah eight dollars an hour yeah a minimum wage at the time i looked up was 335 so granted eight dollars is a significant step up from 335 but that's <laughs> minimum wage eight dollars is still not a high wage even in 1987 so yeah. I think too big or too small. Is Hello, a, Mrs. Dorothy. We're doing a barn raising. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it could be some hard-ass manual labor that she's agreeing to. Um, I need you to uh, you know, edit my memoirs. Mm. Here's a stack of 10,000 pages. <laughs> <laughs> well, but no I mean, that, it no job too big or too that's small. That's your go-to dirty work. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> and then we get 10,000-page memoir. Well, it didn't say that, that. That would be fine. That would actually be perfect because... Then you're doing that job for eight dollars an hour, however long it takes you to do it. True enough. So, yeah, it's the I think the hard manual labor that would be, or, or the really, really disgusting. Dirty, yeah, yeah, exactly. If it was like, oh, we have these porta potties that need to be cleaned out um, by hand. Yeah. So for, <laughs> well, I mean, how else would you clean them out? Like, what most kind of, of them are cleaned by machine, actually. Well, nowadays, but in '87, were they cleaned by machine? I don't know. Okay. Well, do your porta potty research next time. Okay. <laughs> Come prepared, I was damn it. <laughs> I did not expect this to go 
porta potty wise. Well, apparently, I thought you were always prepared, but I guess uh, once again, <laughs> proven wrong. So I am a poor Boy Scout. <laughs> <laughs> I would just like to point out that um, you know, given how detailed Ski's recaps are, of course his memoir would be ten thousand pages. <laughs> <laughs> that would just be his memoir for like the early years. Exactly. <laughs> like exactly. chapter one. Yeah. Exactly. It'd be like the Moby Dick of memoirs. Exactly. <laughs> it's uh, that's before middle school. <laughs> yeah, he'd have like a hundred pages just describing his bedroom. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> so. Exactly. Well, you gotta understand what it looks like, Alan. Right. Exactly. <laughs> But uh, then twelve thousand pages. Have you never met Ernest Borgnine? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Robert Moshe. That's the joke. <laughs> Damn it! More on that later. Yeah, folks. I was. I was. I'm gi- off tonight. I was giving a courtesy laugh, but I wasn't quite sure. Yeah. <laughs> Robert Moshe. That's what I meant. <laughs> Do you mean ever since that commercial about yeah. the orange juice? <laughs> Ernest Borgnine was in the Simpsons version of that joke. <laughs> yeah. Um, but Robert Loge is the one that we've referred to previously. Mm-hmm. I messed that up. I apologize. No, it's still a listeners. funny joke. And, and you brought it back, so yeah. it's all right. Uh, she you reads... deserve better. I'll try harder. <laughs> <laughs> she reads another article uh, from that same area, just as an example of the apparent uh, depravity in the column, apparently. <laughs> the vi- their visitor, the, the gentleman, asked if that was signed by Doug, which it apparently is, whom he uh, knows to be, quote, a sick man. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dorothy apologizes for the confusion and escorts him to the uh, door. As she opens it, though, a priest walks in, and Dorothy immediately berates him as a pervert, assuming that he is also there in response to her ill-placed ad. Right. Uh, but just then, Sophia enters and brings Father Rossi, or Rossi, I forget, a donation box of canned goods. <laughs> uh, Dorothy is terribly embarrassed by this and apologizes. She tells him that she'll say, Hail Mary's until Madonna has a hit movie. <laughs> So what was that like Justify My Love or something like that? What was that Madonna movie? Desperately Seeking Susan. <laughs> yeah, was it? Yeah. Was she? Uh, what year did that come out? Uh, that one. And was that a hit? No. What was the? She did. Um, the Vita was pretty big. Yeah, Vita was definitely probably she qualifies did, uh, Truth the hit or movie. Dare was a few years. Truth later. or Dare was one that I was thinking so, of. That was the Des- one that was like a biography type movie, right? Yeah, Desperately Seeking Susan was eighty-five. Or documentary. That's what I'm looking for. Not biography. Documentary. Um, what year did Dick Tracy come out? That was in the 90s, right? Um, that, was, that was about 94, 93. I, I don't think it was a good movie, but I think it was a hit oh, movie. Oh, I love <laughs> Dick yeah, I think Tracy. It's a solid it's movie. I think it's enjoyable yeah. for sure. I'm not saying it's like a Oscar type movie, but yeah. enjoyable for sure. I'd put it in, as far as comic book movies go, I'd, I can probably find a home port in my top 10. Really? Assuming Maybe I need to watch it again. include like the entire MCU as one entry. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so basically you're like, okay, there's the MCU, there's the DCU, and then <laughs> under those circumstances, I'm sure it could earn yeah. a place in the top 10, no problem. But. So Desperately Seeking Susan was 85. Shanghai Surprise was 86. Uh, George Harrison did a hunk of the soundtrack for that one. Both okay. of those have uh, been before this year, yeah. so. Who's That Girl was 87, so that would have been. What month? Well, I'm sure it was before December 5th. Probably so, statistically yeah. Statistically speaking. Um, and then Bloodhounds of Broadway, 89. And Dick Tracy was 1990. And so then Madonna, Truth or Dare, was 1991. 
And then well, Woody Allen, Shadows yeah, and Fall she, was 91, League of Their Own 92, Body of Evidence 93. I forgot she was in League of Your Own. Yeah. That was an excellent movie. 93. Well, so the, the, I forgot about that. That was 95. Which one? Four Rooms. That's a good oh, movie. yeah. That is a really good movie. Evita was 96. The next best thing, 2000. Swept Away, 2002. I'm Gonna Tell You a Secret, 2005. And then Author and the Invisibles, 2006. Well, I think that uh, we've gotten to know far more of uh, Madonna's filmography than we needed to. <laughs> but I will say, I was—I had no idea she was in so many movies. Well, I, especially big ones. Um, yeah, it was maybe like back to back, like pretty much one a year mm-hmm. for a solid decade. It yeah. was like the J Lo of her time yeah. when J Lo was big in movies, because <laughs> J Lo went through a little period there where she was in big budget yeah. movies for several years in a row. Um, I mean, from, she was in 12 movies from 85 to 96. Oh, wow. So, yeah, much. pretty much right. Yeah. But Dick Tracy, that's a solid movie. And I'll fight you on that one. So you're saying that she didn't have to do uh, uh, Hail Marys for too long then, right? As far as, yeah. As far as live action Disney movies, I guess that's where I was going at first. Oh, I would okay. put Dick Tracy in my top 10 live action Disney yeah. movies. I'd have to look at all the live action Disney movies. That's a... I don't know. There, there's a lot of good ones out there. And now, are you including Marvel and things like that, or, or are you no, excluding like, those uh, traditional oh, okay. Disney things? You okay. know, um, like I would put Tron number one, Black Hole number two, Tron Legacy number three, Dick Tracy four, Twenty Thousand Leagues Under the Sea five. Okay. Now, do you include? Let's just end it there. <laughs> I feel like we've gotten pretty far off base, <laughs> and some of this material is getting pretty dry. <laughs> this is so ski. Here's a sign-off to Madonna. We, we don't know anything about our viewers. One of them could be a hardcore, you know, black hole fan like me, and, and now they'll comment. Yeah, yeah, and someone I mean, out there is like, Yar, what about Pirates of the Caribbean? God, be a cold day in hell before I pick <laughs> one of those movies. Well, see, and then there's the debate of like, okay, do you consider movies that are animated, sort of animated? Like, you have Jungle Book that does have a live actor in it, like the the newer one. Yeah, I've not seen it. Mary oh, okay. Poppins. Yeah, oh, yeah, there's Mary Poppins. You'd have to put that up there high, wouldn't you? Um, or are you a communist? I mean, it'd be, <laughs> maybe it, I'm sure I could probably find a home for in the top ten. Mm, okay. But not above... Uh, not above Dick Tracy or no. Black Holes. No. Have you ever seen The Black Hole? I've never even heard of it. Oh, my God. It's so good. <laughs> it well, is so amazingly good. Um, it's like, I don't know. It's it's basically like Disney, like, oh. Like, they started on, I think, slightly before Star Wars came out. Okay. And so then they tried to switch it up so it was more like Star Wars. But then it gets to the end, and they're like, fuck it. And so it's like 85% Star Wars. The final 15% is like 2001 A Space Odyssey. Oh, okay. And like, it's just going along. They just threw stuff at the wall and said, yeah, do that. In the end, it's just batshit crazy. <laughs> like, you want, you want me to tell you about it? Or just no, no, no. Don't know? tell me anymore, because I, I will check it out. I, I'm assuming it's on Disney Plus probably, yeah, it is, right? It okay. is. It is. Um, oh, it's so good. The robots are kick ass everything about it's phenomenal and then you get to the end and you're like oh my god <laughs> so anybody out there if you happen to watch black hole uh mm-hmm. is it 
singular black hole? Correct. Okay, correct. if you haven't watched Black Hole on uh, Disney Plus or wherever <laughs> else you may find it, I own the Blu-ray, but definitely yeah. let us know, <laughs> yeah. and uh, we would love to to hear about it. If that yeah, if that's I a def- passion you already have, or something you discover because yeah. of Brent's recommendation, it'd be awesome to hear back from. He does make good not, recommendations. I'm not too active on there, but there is a Black Hole Facebook page. Group, oh, really? You know, I'm not like I just follow along. I don't really contribute too often. Hmm. I think there's a black hole Pornhub page also. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, I might edit that one out. You should. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead, Ski, though. So now, now you have your recommendation from Brent, Black Hole. Check it out. And now, Ski, you can go on to. Are we done with that vignette and ready to for the next one now? Not quite. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, she's going to say Hail Mary till Madonna has her hit movie, which apparently was very recent. Yeah, just a couple years. After that, uh, the priest kind of smiles, nods, and leaves. However, as he exits, another man barges right in, walks right up to Rose with $8 in his hand and says, let's get started, Dorothy. <laughs> uh, Rose explains that she's not Dorothy, pointing to her friend. He turns over, turns around, sees her, and offers her $4 <laughs> instead. Yeah, that was, that was one of the harshest insults, I think, that Dorothy's <laughs> ever been given in this show. Yeah. yeah. Dorothy instantly threatens to kick the man's butt across the street. Uh, this must have appealed to him, though, because he instantly offers her the other $4. <laughs> As Dorothy is closing mm-hmm. the door, shoving him out, uh, Blanche arrives and pushes the door a little bit back open, asking what is going on. Uh, she continues that there is a bus full of Greek sailors there, asking how much, uh, how many drachma are in $8. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dorothy glares at Rose, who uh, looks away with kind of a sheepish, embarrassed look on her face. I gave that one a three. Okay. A three. Okay. So we got a two and a three going so far. Then we kind of return to present again. Got a 2.5 average. Mm-hmm. Or, or a 5 if he's adding them. Yes. <laughs> Rose contests that uh, it was an honest mistake, you know, making the error in the, uh, in the the where the placement of the article was, and that uh, they even learned how to make sulvaki, which is a Greek, uh, Greek meat skewer. So they invited, I guess, the sailors in. Exactly. They're like, I'm listen, that, yeah. there'll be no hanky-panky, but we'll make you something to eat mm-hmm. if, uh, as long as you teach us how to make it. Exactly. <laughs> we don't know how We've that got night this, ended. Uh, we got this loin of pork. Loin of pork, that's right. <laughs> Why am I off tonight? <laughs> well, maybe Slovakia has lamb. Maybe you're I, thinking of what no, it's... No, no, but your joke was funnier oh, as far okay. as the loin of pork. <laughs> we don't know. They could have even made money off that if they had plenty of drachma. <laughs> yeah, it could be. They said it would get it converted, though, and that, you know, they raised you at the bank when it comes to converting your money <laughs> just depends if you can use a mink meat yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they got a lot going to waste right now so exactly got a whole chest freezer full of it <laughs> all those furs no. nah. uh blanche insists that uh rose is you know always doing saying wearing or cooking something stupid uh dr ashley asks rose what she thinks about what blanche is saying uh rose calls her uh some weird scandinavian name which I sa- she says ultimately means when dog do turns white. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the precise moment <laughs> when it does. So, But it gives a more uh, general definition of someone you really wouldn't trust. You know, she even throws in some Scandinavian talk there, mm-hmm. even though she continues to use uh, funny rose jargon. Uh, this eventually devolves into the girls getting up and yelling at one another. Therapist then hollers uh, to get their attention and calm them all back down. He tells them to sit down and discuss things rationally. Adding, using only English words, kind of pointing over at Rose. Mm-hmm. Uh, the doctor points out that they've heard, you know, about Blanche and Rose, but not Dorothy at this point. Sophia says it's because they're all afraid of her. Blanche retorts that they're not afraid, 
And then Dorothy's, you know, general attitude is really what they don't care for. Her and Rose then kind of drift into a story together. Uh, we have another flashback. Uh, Dorothy is reading a large book in bed. Uh, Rose come, you know, knocks and then comes in asking, you know, how Dorothy's doing. She explains that she's uh, got a good deal of more reading to do and that she'll probably be up for a while longer. Even though Dorothy says she really doesn't want any company, Rose gets into bed with her. Blanche then enters and does the same, excitedly uh, calling it a slumber party. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sophia then enters and demands to see, quote, six hands above that blanket right now. <laughs> right. <laughs> but uh, I think that actually was my favorite line of it. Yeah, that was it's, a good line. Asking again uh, what is wrong, Blanche admits that uh, they're afraid of aliens. Dorothy uh, gets upset, telling Blanche that, you know, not to call the Chung's aliens and that they're actually very nice. Sophia protests that they are not nice and that they eat dogs. Mm-hmm. I thought this was <laughs> a low point for the episode. Uh, yeah, certainly. Uh, when uh, her daughter objects, Sophia points out that you know, no dogs pee in their, on their lawn. Yes, that's the proof of that. <laughs> that's right, yeah. Uh, Rose and Blanche continue uh, and, and explain that they rented aliens, which is a great movie. Yeah, it is. And that they're very scared. Uh, Sophia says you know, she's also scared. Uh, and that Sigourney Weaver is a sweet girl, but should not go without makeup. Uh, the girls argue. Uh, Rose and Blanche are upset that uh, she asked them to leave. And Dorothy is reiterating how important her studies are for an exam tomorrow, education exam, uh, which kind of dictates her eligibility for getting a pay raise. Right. It does seem like a pretty high, you know, much more important situation yeah. than them being afraid from watching a movie. Well, and they could also, if they really want to, they can sleep in the same bed together. Right, unless... but then they don't have big, strong Rose to, or I mean, big, strong uh, Dorothy to keep she them. She is kind of the uh, the caretaker, right? With those broad shoulders and whatever it was that <laughs> Blanche described her a few episodes back. Sophia then takes charge and ushers the girls out, reminding them that, you know, her success tomorrow impacts their finances and putting food on the table. Uh, asking them if they want to swap recipes with the Chung's. Uh, I gave this one a one. <laughs> I mean, fair. So that gives. So right now, skis would be up to an average of two, um, or down to an average of two, I guess. Yeah. So. Yeah, we return to present again. Uh, the doctor, you know, contests that Dorothy was in the right, and was I was was more than patient with them. Blanche and uh, Rose and Blanche, however, argue that Dorothy's organized efficient uh, personality and her habits are kind of grating on them uh, and somewhat rubbing it in their face when they don't meet her standards. Mm. Uh, Blanche uh, comments that you know, she's surprised that uh, she doesn't even check their underwear before they leave the house. Dorothy adds, though, those of you who wear underwear. <laughs> yeah. I, I like the Blanche, though. She she took that one in stride. Like She, she kind of enjoyed that. Yeah, uh, yeah she, she kind of shoots a, a look at uh, Dorothy, but then turns and smiles up at the doctor who was staying behind him at the time. Uh, Dorothy claims that uh, her good habits are what uh, hold the household together. Sophia, however, believes that her wisdom is what keeps the crew bonded and uh, moving forward. Then she proceeds with an example, a story. Mm -hmm. Uh, They flash back again. Sophia is at the kitchen table marking on a bottle of milk of magnesia because she's afraid that the gardener might be sneaking sips. Mm -hmm. as uh, That's what she explains to Rose who just entered. Rose asks her for advice on a work issue, explaining that her boss may have made a pass at her. When Sophia asks for specifics, uh, Rose call, uh, says that he, she was called into his office. Uh, he then pushed her down onto a couch and kissed her. Sophia says, yeah, that qualifies. Mm-hmm. She decides to tell a story and then sets the scene in traditional Sophia fashion. Picture it, Sicily, 
1922. Then Blanche comes in and also asks for advice, having just seen the man she's been dating recently out with another woman. Mm-hmm. No context on this one, though, so we're not really sure what the... I mean, the last episode, didn't she see a man she was dating out with another girl, too? Yeah. Or mm-hmm. one recently? Yeah, definitely. But that guy did end up calling. Well, now, it wasn't something she was seeing. It was something that she wanted to be seen in that last episode. Oh, gotcha. um, But he had broken their date to go out with this. Twice, yes. yeah. So. Uh, Dorothy also enters then and says, you know, she's got a problem. Sophia resets her story one last time. Mm-hmm. Uh, she tells a story about a woman in Sicily walking home. Uh, when she is blocked by yellow's yellow Rolls Royce, no other real <laughs> yeah. details on that or why it needs to be yellow or anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she mentions specifically that the passengers uh, are not important. And she, uh, they, I think uh, Blanche asks who it is inside the car, and she said it doesn't matter. Did she say it could be Robert Goulet? I forget. <laughs> I thought she said that specifically. Uh, she she realized that her pepperoni is missing. Which I guess she must have had a pepperoni or carrying one because <laughs> right. it was not stated previously. Uh, she's upset that she has no food for her family and then starts running through a field. Seems like an odd choice to fix mm-hmm. the problem. And she comes to a uh, river uh, with pepperoni, quote, swimming upstream. Mm-hmm. Dorothy questions this, of course, and her mother admits that, you know, it is odd, you know, pepperoni being a land meat. <laughs> yeah, I like that part. <laughs> Uh, the girl uh, grabs an armful of uh, this pepperoni and heads home to feed her family. Sophia explains that it wasn't an act of God, but that apparently a pepperoni factory blew up and rained down meat for 100 square miles. <laughs> that would be one hell of an explosion. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, read, I heard this and I was like, I don't think the writers realize how much. That I mean, is. that'd be a ten mile by ten mile radius. So th- those pepperonis would have had to have flown at least ten miles um, for it to be a hundred <laughs> square miles worth of pepperoni, and it would have had to, to shower it among that entire <laughs> ten by ten, you know, radius. It's a lot of meat. Wasted. That is. Mm-hmm. I mean, even if you just put one pepperoni in each one, <laughs> then and I, like I the guess it might be a hundred. She but. says that the pepperoni was swimming upstream. Mm-hmm. That would have had to explode out with some good force that it's still rocketing upstream after it's hit the water. <laughs> it has so much momentum I, I behind see, it. Yeah, I can see if, if a whole bunch of meat rained from the sky, and, and you think she would have noticed that also. Yeah. Yeah, it seems like by the time she would have seen the pepperoni in the stream, it would have lost its, its inertia and would be going back the other way. <laughs> I would think so, too. Do you guys but, have a favorite kind of pepperoni? Um. The one that comes on pizza. No, I, don't. <laughs> I don't have a specific pepperoni that I know of. I mean, I, I enjoy uh, Hormel pepperonis from okay. you know store. Do you have a pepperoni that you're particularly fond of? Um, no, I mean, some people like like the little cube, like the ground up mm-hmm. pepperoni. Other people like the big, like silver I, dollar. Those pepperonis. definitely wouldn't be mine. Um, sometimes I like the little. It's about the size of a dime, and then it like curls up when it bakes. Those are pretty good. Those yeah, are good too. Yeah. Well, that's one thing I do love the tombstone pepperoni mm-hmm. pizzas. Yeah, because they have two kinds of pepperoni, and they have the little cubes, and yeah. they have the uh, regular size, mm-hmm. you know, round ones. So exactly. But I don't know. I, I enjoy. I guess I enjoy all the pepperonis, even the larger ones. Um, mm-hmm. Like I've wrapped those like a cheese stick in those before oh, yeah. and made them in the air fryer. Yeah. And those come out to be very, uh, very good. Like so. that a keto thing? Mm-hmm. Yep. Nice. So I'd recommend it if anybody wants a low-carb snack or otherwise. So. I know you've uh, kind of uh, berated me for my 
food choices before, but I'm a big Totino's pizza fan. I love Totino's pizza. They're, they're I'm not cheap. They're, they're good. good. Yeah. I like them. Um, I, I've never berated you for your food choices. I berated you for the choice you made is when you're going to eat your food. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was saying he has. Yeah. Well, I, and it's really mostly one food choice that That's you've true. made. That's true. SpaghettiOs. Yeah, I'm not a fan. Uh-oh. So. <laughs> but anyway, um, so... Nikki loves the uh, the pepperoni Totinos, but she'll actually put the little Hormel on top as a side. So oh, really? It's kind of like what you were saying with the two types. Yeah. See, I like the Totinos combo pizza with the salsa jam pepperoni. That's, that's probably mm-hmm. my favorite. I think I love Totinos pizza, too, because it reminds me a lot of the pizza that we had in high school. which We always mm-hmm. called cardboard pizza, but it was yeah. the same kind of flat. Um, was it square? Rectangle? Yeah, rectangle. Yeah. yeah. Um, we had the rectangle kind, too, and I just wish I could still find it. Mm-hmm. I would go back like as well, a creepy old now dude to high school exactly. to have a slice of it. Totinos yeah. are now square anyway. Yeah, so. yeah. So they're very similar, especially if you just cut them in half. It's practically the same size, at least in my memory. Mm-hmm. So, so uh, we we see, uh, you know, the the showering down of this pepperoni, right? And uh, she asks the girls if this helps because she feels she's reached a good stopping point. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Rose, of course, interprets this as saying that you know she should improve her negative situation and confront her boss i think she needs to report her boss yeah yeah i mean the, the three problems i mean i guess you can go on and then we can summarize the three problems yeah. but go ahead uh blanche decides you know that she should leave the cheating man because you know there are quote plenty of pepperoni in the sea mm-hmm. I, that was actually As a, good a line. double entendre kind of yeah uh dorothy uh says that you know her problem was pretty simple and that she didn't know what to have for dinner and then suggests that they uh her and ma split a pizza mm-hmm yeah, yeah. So you have sexual assault, a cheating boyfriend, and dinner. Seems like those definitely <laughs> should have been handled in that order, <laughs> as far as the severity of the problem. So, and and I guess it, ultimately it, it was. I mean that that's the way that they each you know went in that order, <laughs> right? Of their resolution, but because of the absurdity of this uh, story and the inconsistencies, I gave it a one as well. Okay. So you just okay. So let's see. So at this point now we're up to seven, seven. Uh, total out of four stories so it would be what 1.75 i think at this point yeah okay and so uh then we return to president one more time uh, the therapist contends that uh sophia's gripe seems a bit baseless because the girls look up to her and respect her opinion uh, sophia points out though that you know she's not the one making 150 dollars an hour like the doctor <laughs> is right uh, rose asks what they should do and dr ashley says you know that most issues can usually be fixed with uh, willingness to work together and compromise but they may as well not even try, saying that they are completely incompatible and seem to bring out the worst ha- uh, traits and habits in each other. Uh, she says that you know he likes them and they should save their money for uh, moving expenses rather than waste it on therapy. Uh, they all seem kind of shell-shocked by this news, and uh, they somberly get up, uh, thank the doctor for his time, and walk out the door. On the way out, Sophia says that she knew he was, quote, a quack because if he was a legitimate shrink, he would have strung us along for months. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we changed scene one last time, and they're back at home uh, in the kitchen, kind of uh, discussing plans to start moving out. Very sad tone. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dorothy says that, you know, even if they don't live together, they can still be friends and visit each other, as if to kind of convince themselves that moving out is the right choice. Sophia enters and is very noncommittal when they ask what her thoughts are. She does point out, though, that uh, their problems really just stem from living together. And uh, eating frequently, because she says, I think, you know, you guys get up, you eat, you talk, you eat. <laughs> right. Uh, she adds, though, that uh, 
tough times don't really justify giving up. Uh, Rose gets up and says, I'm getting cheesecake. And then Dorothy goes and gets some chocolate syrup. And Blanche, you know, heads toward the uh, kitchen door saying she's going to her bedroom to uh, grab whipped cream and a Polaroid camera because Sophia said she wanted to take a picture uh, and capture the moment Mm -hmm. and say, you know, her whipped cream and the camera are in her bedroom anyway. Right. They all kind of give Blanche a look of temporary disbelief, but then immediate acceptance of what she said. Mm -hmm. And uh, so that's it. And I believe that is cheese egg number eight that they're pulling out. Is um, it? I yeah. had not been keeping track of this point. Yeah, I couldn't find it. I had been writing it down as we went along, but I couldn't find the last note because it's been a while since their last so, cheesecake, but I believe that's our eighth one that has been featured. And this is what, like episode 50-ish? Something or, like that, or yeah. Or 60, I guess. Yeah, yeah, right about there. Yeah. Yep. But yeah, so, so then, all right, so a couple of guest actors now, and we've already started to discuss one of them, uh, Philip Sterling. He played Dr. Ashley, 119 titles to his name with uh, two episodes um, of the Golden Girls. One is Dr. Uh, Berensfeld, and then, of course, this one. Now, one thing I was wondering, though, in the end of The Curse, Mm -hmm. did she go and see a therapist and then go and see the plastic surgeon? No, I think it was two different episodes. Okay, that wasn't the – oh, the plastic surgeon one wasn't about that. That was about the – when she went to the fan, the high school reunion or whatever, correct, or the correct. college reunion, the um, sorority thing. The end of the curse, uh, that was her story, while the others are breeding minks in the garage. Oh, okay. So, uh, and then we also had um, John Moskoff played Jerry, 53 titles to his name, and he also had been in an episode, or no, I take that back. He had not been in another episode of this. Um, I would imagine his probably most famous role, at least the one that Brent remembers the, him best from, is... Uh, vasectomy a delicate matter as francis <laughs> <laughs> um, but both of those characters uh those not characters both those actors had actually appeared together in an episode of the wonder years as members of um the pfeiffer family <laughs> so oh, wow yeah uh, philip sterling was grandpa pfeiffer and uh, the other one was uh, alvin pfeiffer i believe it's puff pfeiffer oh. yeah <laughs> and then uh the other one, carl was terry willis 77 titles to his name he did have two episodes uh of golden girls one of them he played the plumber which was in a uh, the season one episode 19 second motherhood so so we've had a you know a couple repeat offenders if you will um so ski who is your mvp of this episode uh rose uh i saw in all the stories she came up with uh, she had some complaints but was never specifically nasty to anyone okay which i thought was endearing in this i mean she did call someone a dog turd when it turns white that's true. I didn't actually think about that. Yeah. But I, for the first time ever, I had a least favorite character also. Okay. Blanche? Dr. Ashley. Oh, yeah. He was a shit doctor. I mean, he gave up immediately, like made no attempt. Like, okay, you've each described me <laughs> one problem that you have, <laughs> and, and it's obviously a lost cause. Yeah. What I had wrote, written down was, what a crappy, inadequate therapist. <laughs> yeah. Gives up on the clients after one short session. Pathetic. Yeah. I, I would agree with that. Who was your MVP for this one, Brent? Um, I would probably go with, I don't know, Sophia. Okay. Yeah, I went with Sophia also. It wasn't a solid episode for any of them, mm-hmm. but she had the best, you know, one-liners. I feel like that if no one has a great episode, then usually Sophia can pull it out just because she always mm-hmm. has the most yeah. solid one-liners in an episode. Yeah. All right. She's never, like, tasked with, like, giving the exposition. Right. Like, she just gets to say the funny stuff and go mm-hmm. on. 
Normally it's Dorothy who gets saddled with yeah. the exposition. I mean, occasionally Sophia does, but it's usually only in a Sophia yeah. very centric episode. Yeah. But so Brent, uh, before we get to Ski and find out what his total was, do you want to? Well, no, actually, take it back. Ski, what, what was your final total on this? One. One. Wow, your least favorite poor, episode ever. Poor storytelling and highly negative overall. So how much did you hate that the, kitchen table? The scene happy, the, <laughs> the happy ending did not fix it for me. I thought it was just. I just did not like this episode okay. overall. Wow, one from Ski. I think that's his all-time lowest score, yeah, perhaps, or definitely. close to it. So, so did you stick with your four and a half? Brent? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, it was a fine average episode, but I sort of bumped it up um, one and a half slices just because number one, we got four little stories, mm. uh, five if you count the wraparound. Right. See, you normally know? I like the the vignettes. See, normally I do too, but this one was like a little different than the others, and there were more of them, and I don't know. Yeah, there was kind of a bigger overarching story yeah, that was yeah. surrounding the exactly. um the vignettes but i think that i don't know yep um you know dr banfield just playing fast and loose with their lives because mm-hmm. i mean obviously they figured it out and they stayed together but it could have very easily gone the other way right yeah and he never would have known well, know? Yeah, and he apparently doesn't know how cash strapped these women are oh, <laughs> that yeah. i don't think they could possibly afford to live on their own at least from what we've uh, learned of them to this point yeah but uh I mean, I, I would be closer to your score. I gave it a three and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was a below average episode, but I still enjoyed watching it. I didn't, did not end it with the vitriol that Ski did. Um, the overall, I don't know, point of the story or theme behind the story I thought was fine. Like I thought it was better than a lot of their, yeah. or at least a couple of their other vignettes as far yeah. as what tied it together. Mm-hmm. It's just, yeah, the doctor was terrible. And the fact, too, when you look at their issues with each other. I thought they were all really petty. Like yeah. I just, yeah, I think that if the doctor would have like been like, you know what, y'all are damn lucky to have one another, right? Then it would have been a better episode. Mm-hmm. I think so too. I yeah, even if they walked out and they were pissed off about it and felt like they didn't get their money's yeah. worth, and then mm-hmm. came to the conclusion they agreed yeah. later on, then that would have been great. Yeah, but yeah, just the idea that he completely gave up on them immediately well, after one session, exactly. I, and maybe it was my own personal like expectation of it to be different. Like I almost expected the doctor to be wise yeah. and like almost guide them, say, "Oh yeah, just give up." Yeah. But then subtext was, <laughs> yeah. you know, you guys are lucky, like what Brent was saying, yeah. mm-hmm. and that was not really the tone he took at all. No, not at all. And yeah. then they were just like, "Okay, I guess he's right." Well, I'm looking at their different stories. You know, obviously Sophia's story wasn't negative towards anybody. Yeah. Um, you know, it was just showing how she's great. And then mm-hmm. all the other stories, like the only one who I think as we discussed earlier, that has a legit gripe with the other two would be Rose, you know, cause they, and really all three of them treat Rose very poorly on a very consistent basis. I think Dorothy has a right to be annoyed with Blanche. I mean, she got sexually assaulted just because Blanche couldn't well, recognize she was under the weather. That's true. I mean, Blanche, everybody has a right to be irritated with Blanche, but mm-hmm. Blanche is who Blanche is. So I feel like you either accept her for who she is or you don't. Whereas, the way that Rose gets treated by the other two, I don't think is a personality trait. That's still a decision that I look at. I mean, you can either look at Blanche and be like, I do not like that person, so I don't want to be around her. Or yeah. you say, that's who she is. She's a vain person. Yeah. You know, she's uh, highly sexualized, whatever. Yeah. And I just accept her for who she is, selfish yeah. and all. But I don't know. I don't know. But you can make the argument that 
you know, Rose, I mean, it was previously established that, you know, Charlie was always telling her to shut the hell up as well. Well, yeah. So maybe that's why the Goldens do it, because, you know, that's her happy place. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> wow, this sounds like a, another poor justification on your part. Uh, it sounds a lot more like Rose in that sad, empty house. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, devil's advocate. I feel like that you should start your own podcast called, like, Justifications by Brent. <laughs> Just saying. And then you can go through all of history's <laughs> atrocities and justify them. <laughs> I just try to walk a mile in everyone else's shoes just to see their point of view. Yeah, well, your feet must be burning then because... <laughs> Brent, Brent's gray linings uh, playbook. Yeah. Exactly. So. I guess it, it's hard for you to walk in someone else's shoe when you're up on that high horse. <laughs> hey, listen... I can get a crick of my neck looking down on everybody, so I'm a martyr, too. <laughs> so I think with that, uh, stay golden, Coco. Hey, thanks so much for downloading today. If you enjoyed that opening, you should definitely check out Ashley Jade on YouTube. She has a bunch of awesome compositions on there. If you want to get in touch, you can email us at sophiaschoicepodcast at gmail.com. You can also reach us on Twitter at sophiaschoicepc. We plan to have a new episode out every Monday. If you have a moment, give us a rating on iTunes or wherever else fine podcasts are downloaded. And of course, stay golden. You got that, la, 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 la. You got that scraping out of your system yet? I grew a Coke nail just for this week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what you keep telling Helena. <laughs> it's like, what's that powder on it? You're like, well, I, I got to get it uh, oiled up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I remember she was like every girl that I notice who has her fingernails painted, like her fourth, her ring finger is always a different color now. Oh, really? Is yeah. that like a thing? Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. I, I don't keep up with uh, ladies' makeup fashions mm-hmm. quite as uh, intently as you do. But Well, it's something that like a couple ladies that I worked with a few years back, it was like, I think it was a developing trend then. Oh, okay. And then since then, I've noticed it's just become more and more prevalent. Maybe they were on the cutting edge. They could have been. So. They could have been. It's a college town, so. So, uh, Ski, are you ready to go? I do, but I have an extra uh, fingernail story if you want to hear it real fast. Sure. It's not really very good for golden Does it involve you having an extra finger? Yes. (laughs) 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 You never noticed it. It was like a little weird baby finger hanging off the side of his hand. I never noticed he had a smaller. It unfolds. (laughs) (laughs) It's got like a really elaborate paint job. (laughs) Well, uh so I know I've told you guys probably a billion times. I watch a lot, like way too much YouTube, probably. <laughs> well, one thing they introduced in the last six months or so is like a little strip of like short videos, okay. right? And like sometimes when I'm like on TikToks, break, probably I'm sure, probably some of them are directly yeah. from TikTok. Yeah. And uh, like so you can just watch like one after another rapid fire until you get pissed off and then mm-hmm. shut them off. I was watching. You have to get angry. You're not allowed to exactly. shut him off until you're mad. No, exactly. You can't just <laughs> you enjoy a angry. moment and have that be your zen for yeah. the next hour. <laughs> but uh, I was watching just a few of them the other day, and one of them, like after the one I was actually wanting to watch, was a girl who was doing like really fine, intricate uh, painting, uh, like nails, uh-huh. and like portrait style, like mm-hmm. Shrek. Okay. Right? It had Shrek's face. Donkey's face. It uh-huh. looked straight out of the movie. Okay, like it was like photorealistic. Well, mm-hmm. who, who are photo- the other? Who were on the other three fingers? Um, Lord Farquaad. Uh-huh. Uh, no, the I gingerbread think man. The other three were like Princess Fiona. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, I think one was Fiona. Okay, and then the other two are like decoration ones with just like the color scheme. Okay, 
like little. Yeah, that sounds design. like she really got lazy there in those it last does. two fingers. Well, they're. Like <laughs> I think she was. Go- I don't know, but they're, they're really good. It was just amazing. <laughs> you guys seen Pinocchio? No, the new one. Is it on Netflix uh, no, or something? The, oh, the original. Disney. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, somebody was saying that um, like the little boys that turn into donkeys. One of them is the donkey from Shrek. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good, uh, I don't know, like, what do you call that? Fan fiction yeah, type yeah. of a thing? <laughs> exactly. No, so, it's, it's canon. It's, yeah. It's, <laughs> Disney's confirmed this. It was the merging with DreamWorks. Mm-hmm. Boy, that would be an odd matchup in a way. <laughs> I mean, I guess it would be somewhat there natural. There is a Pinocchio but, in Shrek, right? In there yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, well, because I think it's public domain. It's an yeah. old-time story, just like Cinderella and... Mm-hmm. A lot of the others, but you just can't have it be Disney's Cinderella. Yeah, or it can't Di- be in the blue dress. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I think, pra- like, especially those old ones, mm-hmm. all of them are practically are public domain. Like, yeah. they, they came from older stories like Cinderella, Snow White, yeah. Sleeping Beauty, all that shit. But You know what my least favorite fairy tale is? Let me think. Is it, is it a Disney fairy tale, or you just mean like a general fairy tale? Just in general. I don't even know if it counts as a fairy tale. Maybe it's just a nursery rhyme. Okay, uh, the... Uh, I'm gonna say, what's the one with the kids' gingerbread house? No. Okay. No. That was just my. I was throwing out a guess. So what is it? You want to guess? Little Miss Muffet. <laughs> no, you're closer though. Humpty Dumpty. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it does make a lot of sense. Because, no, no. <laughs> well, and the funny thing is, they say you know Humpty Dumpty sat on a wall and had a great fall, and <laughs> you know all that shit. But they never say he's an egg. Exactly. But he's always pictured as such. Exactly. I think you and I had this conversation before. Oh. <laughs> you remember my vitriol as your own. <laughs> so, now, <laughs> so now an observation. If I make an astute observation, it must be that I gleaned it from you in the past. Exactly. That's what I thought. Because I've, yeah. I've hated Humpty Dumpty well before I met you. Well, so I'm sure somewhere in the intervening 18 time. years. <laughs> you, you came up to my IQ and you're like, you know who I got a bone to pick with? Exactly. Humpty fucking Dumpty. Exactly. Am I right? Exactly. <laughs> draw a picture of Humpty Dumpty. Yeah, so you just drew a fucking egg, didn't you? Because exactly. that's what history tells you he is. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess I must have put that out of my... Maybe you were so fiery about it that I had to block it out because exactly. it was... <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So he'd, he'd watch some YouTube videos and got mad. Yeah. <laughs> it was about Humpty Dumpty. Well, it sounds like he hated Humpty Dumpty well before YouTube was even a thing. So <laughs> he watched, he read some like, I don't know. the. I was watching uh, Humpty Dumpty Jib Jabs. <laughs> <laughs> it's a deep cut for our older listeners. <laughs> Jib Jabs. I, mean, I don't even know older listeners would be the right group. <laughs> Well, anyways, but so you ready to go, Ski? Yeah, I was looking through these things, see if I can find it, but I can't. I'm not going to waste a bunch of time. So we can see the <laughs> the video of this woman with their nails? They were cool. Oh, okay. <laughs> like, how long was the video? It was just a few seconds. Okay. So it just like showed her nails for a moment, like her painting well, they, one they nail? Showed it. it was like a time, like not time lapse. It was like showing her like starting to, and then... You can see like, a few brush strokes, and then boom, it's done. Oh, and okay. Start on the next one, and boom, it's done. And I see. And they showed the whole set. How long would this video have had to have been before you would have been like, nah, this isn't for me? Like, would you have watched five minutes of this? Oh, no. No, probably not. Three minutes? Well, 
I, I say that, but like it was such a pain. Like it was so like the pain was so well done. I might have gotten into it more than I, I give myself credit. You, you enjoy know? all the meats in our cultural <laughs> stew. I like to think that like if he found the video, he's like, oh, so here's the video I watched. 33 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> I, I guess I watched it from start to finish in the time. Like in my mind, I just shortened it down because like, I couldn't accept that I spent 30 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like our 12 minute podcast. Yeah. I like to think you're like, oh, I got to get to the podcast, but let me just watch this short video first. Exactly. Exactly. I like to think like the video popped up and he's getting ready to stop and he's like, you know what I don't have enough of in my algorithm? Fingernail painting videos. Right. <laughs> That is, that's probably a deficit. I mean, yeah, it's like I'm getting tired of looking at these political things and exactly, you know, all this other exactly. shit. I need a little some light and airy. Exactly. He's like, maybe if I'm a good boy and I watch this fingernail painting video, I can be a naughty boy and watch the toenail painting video. <laughs> I, I think in a recent episode I edited, we all discussed that we're not feet men. <laughs> I think that's already some, you know, uh, well tread ground. Right. Mm-hmm. We need our listeners to know. <laughs> yeah.